Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. Hello, you might have listened to our first episode, Fear of Fear, Adapt, Survive and Thrive, where Janine Woodcock spoke about the anxiety brought by being furloughed and provided some really precious strategies on how to beat anxiety when you are feeling overwhelmed. Today, Janine is back with the results of the survey she led in the last month, as well as some more tips to help you in these times we're living and beyond. As a reminder, Janine is an executive coach with international experience, a published author and speaker. She does this working with individuals to help them identify their personal path to sustainable success and also Um, through her program, The Power of Choices. As a fellow of the Institute of Leadership and Management and a business mentor for the Princess Trust, Janine has worked with leaders and managers from many businesses, including Facebook, Havasilia, and EDF Energy. Hi, Janine. Good morning, Karen. It's great to see you again. It's really great. It's been a while. (laughs) It has. It's been a month, and it's such a strange time, that month seems like in many ways it was only yesterday but in another way that it's ages ago so yeah time is yeah (laughs) agreed agreed the the week uh flew by and i did not see it (laughs) (laughs) janet can you remind us of why you did the survey so what your sort of survey was about and why you did it absolutely so when we all went into lockdown so i think that was the 23rd of march yes um, I was working with leaders at that time um, who were really struggling to move into a huge phase of agility and adaptability to look at what to do with their businesses. And then when the furlough scheme was announced, to some extent, they breathed a sigh of relief because it was like, okay, so we can furlough X percent of our workforce. They'll be okay, won't they? Because they'll be at home on 80% of their salary up to a maximum two and a half thousand so they'll be fine. They'll, they'll, they, they won't worry. So they kind of furloughed the people they needed to furlough. And then their focus was very much on doing what they needed to do to keep the business going through this time. So that was the conversation I was having with leaders. And then when I was talking to employees who had been furloughed or who thought they might be furloughed, I noticed there was this real fear from them emerging. So right at the beginning of April, actually, I think I did my first tweet about this. I kind of said, oh, I noticed this thing, furlough fear. And then um, I came up with the idea of actually just asking some questions. So what is it that people are struggling with, leaders and employers? And the goal, if you like, of the survey is very much to support business so that um, employees can manage themselves through the furlough period And when we are able to return to the next normal, whatever that is, employees can come back in the best shape possible 
which is going to help business and therefore society rebound after this. Yeah. What did you find out um, with the survey? So it was really interesting. So um, I looked at the, took it as a starting point, the Office of National Statistics survey that they do. So looking at the industries that have furloughed. So just looking at the ONS stuff to start with, what was really interesting there is there's two specific groups of um, furloughing, if you like. There are the industries that have paused or ceased trading. So they're the ones that we hear most about. So they're like the cafes, the restaurants, cinemas, theatres, etc. So those industries, 81.8% of their staff have been furloughed. Then on the other hand, you've got the industries that are continuing to trade and 21.6% of those workforces have been furloughed. So if you put yourselves into the shoes of those furloughed employees, if you're one of 80% of a sector that's been furloughed, you're kind of in it together. So your concerns are going to be more about your personal experience of being furloughed and you may be less concerned about your relationship to your employer because everybody's in the same boat. If you compare yourself then and put yourselves in the shoes of um, somebody who's been furloughed for an industry that is still trading, that's where we see a lot of the other concerns rising to the fore, which are things like loss of connection with my company, um, loss of connection with my colleagues, degradation of skills. Um, so a whole different wave of concerns comes up. So that was the ONS piece. And then in the survey itself, um, I asked a range of different questions. The first one was, um, I was getting people to agree to statements strongly or disagree strongly on a spectrum. So the first question was, now I'm furloughed, I feel okay and have no concerns. I had no idea what the response to that would be. But interestingly, only 21% of people have no concerns. Okay. So we've got 79% of those people who've been furloughed are out there feeling concerned in some way, shape or form. So for those leaders who were thinking, oh, everybody on furlough is gonna be fine, that initial stat is a real, okay, so maybe they're not. Yeah, because I, I guess, yes, they're, they're having some of their salary, but there is all the rest that, that's missing. And as you mentioned, they could have lost their connection with their companies. They're scared of losing skills, but then there is also the, oh, are they going to take me back when all these starts? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And in the survey, um, I asked six questions and then gave people the chance to leave some comments and add anything else they wanted. And that actually, the, the information that came through in those comments has been fantastic and added a lot of richness to um, what I thought would come out. So the main things we saw, Karen, um, were that... 81% of the people being furloughed are fearful about future redundancy. It's a huge percentage. And then the next two main concerns were loss of connection with the company and team. Two separate answers, but the results were very, two separate questions, sorry, but the concern level was very similar in terms of a percentage response. And then the, the third main concern was around loss of purpose. And then we also, from those comments that came through, um, we had three extra things that were very clearly coming up as concerns for people. One was this skills degradation. 
and that split into two so so with, there was this issue about degradation of visual uh, virtual working skills so for those people who haven't been furloughed they are getting so used to using zoom yeah whereas if furlough, that's not happening so suddenly you're on furlough you come back in and all your colleagues are like oh yeah i'm going to do a poll on zoom i'm going to share my screen i'm going to use menti.com to get a word cloud generated and i'm coming back from furlough going i don't even know what you're talking about um, and then there's some other general skills as well. And those were more around if I'm in a sector that's not going to trade moving forward, how do I reskill so that I am employable? Um, and then there was concerns around people who have young children or families at home. So that brought up another level of concern and then concerns about mental well health. Yeah. I, I think the the mental uh, well-being is definitely a big part of it because even without being furloughed, being stuck in the house is quite hard. Uh, yeah. So adding the furlough on top of that, it has to be really tough. Yeah. Um, so Janine, how can people manage this? So all these uh, fears that they have, uh, all the problems generated by the furlough, how can they overcome this? So, um the main kind of underlying technique I would recommend is one we touched on in our first um, conversation, Karen, and that's around really accepting what's in your control and outside your control. So last time when we spoke, <clears throat> I um, asked you what the only thing you could control in the world was. And I remember a very long pause. You're going, oh, that's a really tough one. Um, and you got to the answer, with, which was the only thing you can control is your own behavior. So if we start with that as a, um, as, as a kind of foundation and you imagine your own behavior as a circle in the center of a page and I'm going to build a kind of a bullseye, if you like. I'm moving my hands because Karen and I are looking at each other on Zoom, but sorry, <laughs> I can't see that. So I'll try and explain this without using my hands. Um, so you've got a circle at the middle of, in the middle of the page, which is what you can control. Then you've got another circle, which are things you can influence through how you behave, but you can't actually control the outcome. And then on the outside of the circle, you've got things that are completely outside your, your control. So with these furlough fears, if we look at some of them, so the main one being the fear of future redundancy, if you think about those three circles, that very clearly sits in the outside circle at this time, because you have no individual control on how cafes, cinemas, theatres can go back to work. So if you focus on the fear of redundancy each time we focus on something it amplifies it that will increase your anxiety so if you find yourself focusing on something that's outside your control such as the fear of redundancy come back to the center of that circle and think about okay in this moment what can i do and that might be something that's skills related so you might start looking up some other um, courses that would be interesting for you or you might decide to make some banana bread whatever it might be come back to what you can do in the moment and take yourself away from ruminating that thing that is outside your control so that would be the redundancy example yeah so with the redundancy definitely i would go for the banana bread that sounds yummy <laughs> <laughs> but um I i'm thinking so redundancy no one can control it this is something we're not sure it's going to happen um it might it might not uh, but you're saying coming back to your circle of control um do, do you think that there could be a a relation to that so let's say 
oh, I'm scared that I'm going to be made redundant. Can I use that to go back into the control zone and then do something? So while you are seeing upskill, so maybe doing building some new skills that will help me be more um, employable when the market is open again and then I can do something else. If I do that, if I was to do that, or if someone who is um, experiencing the fear of redundancy was to do that, would you say that it's still focusing on something that you can't control or it's focusing on something else? No, I think that's a great example. And that is exactly the path I would take. And the way you described it there, it's making me think of, so the energy that we use in thinking about things that are outside our control, think about that as almost energy that's not going anywhere purposeful because there's nothing you can do. So the way you just described it there, you're taking that energy, using it in a way that will change your personal outcome. So because actually the fear of redundancy is linked to many things, but one of them is loss of income. So you're taking the energy that you're using or focusing on something that's outside your control, doing something that you can to build your skills or whatever else it might be. Um, and then that in turn will make you feel less anxious. It won't change the outcome of the redundancy, but it will put you A, in a better place in the right now. And in the future, you're moving yourself into that middle circle, which is you are influencing the likelihood of you being able to find something else. Again, you can't control that, but you're taking yourself from the outside circle to the inside circle to then influence the outcome that you want, the future outcome. All right, thank you. And what about the loss of connection with the company? Yeah, that's an interesting one. And talking to um, HR departments and MDs and leaders, as I do, many companies are trying to put in place some kind of keep in touch. So they might do like a Friday beer Zoom call or whatever it might be. Now, companies have to be very careful because the laws on furloughing are very strict. So you're allowed to keep in touch with with your um, company and your teams but it has to only be social so you're really not it has to be very strict that you're not talking about any business or work related stuff so where that is offered by your company take that up and stay in touch but what can also happen when we're in this kind of high anxiety phase is that we step very easily or we sit with complaining too easily so it might be oh my company's not doing anything or all they're doing is a beer thing on a friday that i don't drink beer so that's not interesting to me so we can sit back complain and then not do anything so what that's doing is almost pushing things into that outside circle because you're allowing yourself to have no control over that so the other um tip i would um give you and your listeners is to notice if you're sitting and complaining a lot Notice the complaints. It's human. We need to sound off and complain right now. You know, it's hard. But notice and say, okay, can I shift from complaint into action? So again, that's taking you back to the center of the circle. So if I don't like the beer on a Friday that they're offering, what would I like better? Would I like a quiz night? So could I suggest that? Do I have to actually get permission to do it? Could I just invite the people in my company that I like hanging out with and I used to stand in the, around the, in the coffee room with, could I just invite them to a quiz? Yeah, you can, because it's social. So step from complaint into action, 
or complaint into request of other people. So again, that might be other requests of your employers. So you are allowed as well if you're on furlough to be engaged in training. So maybe there's some webinars that you find that you think would be interesting for a number of people in your um, company and you make a request and say, should we all attend this, make a suggestion. So that, that could be some ideas from the company connection and team connection. Yeah, um, so my, my partner is on is furloughed at the moment. And yesterday uh, was the first time in many, many weeks where he had a contact with his company. Uh, yes, <laughs> and uh, what they did was a one hour workshop of Obviously, first of all, oh, how are you chatting? And I've never seen him that excited in the last in the last few weeks. So he's doing lots of things, but that that properly lifted his mood and his energy. And what they were doing was um, a personal growth plan, just getting them to think of okay, where I am now, where I want to be. We're both very hot on personal development, but he would be more on. Or learning the hard skills, uh, so learning to code, learning to um, trade or doing other things. Uh, and I would be more working on well-being, working on, okay, discovering who I am or rediscovering who I am and what I like at the moment and how I can apply that to my work and finding out where I want to be. Uh, so usually he's looking at me like, what are you doing? And this time he was properly into it and he said oh look i'm doing the same thing as you now like, okay let's do it together tomorrow then <laughs> fantastic really good to hear for his company doing that yeah so you you do see that these mm. kind of connections even if it's from time to time they, they have an impact yes yeah and likewise <clears throat> excuse me likewise um for people who maybe are more introverted so if, if companies are on this talk to companies that have this is happening as well um if they are doing like a regular beer friday if you're on furlough and you don't feel up to it don't feel you have to attend because that might add to your stress so you know everybody's reacting to this differently but if you don't want to attend just let everybody know so sorry guys can't come this week so you're still keeping in touch rather than dropping out so you know you're still the same person that you were when you were employed um so don't try not to kind of shrink into a i can't do this i can't talk to people because you are allowed to connect socially so keep keep doing that however that is possible but i love what your um what your partner's company's done that's fantastic yeah i was very impressed um and regarding the loss of purpose um your exercise of the circles was really interested in um i wanted to try it myself so um, I think a week after our podcast, I sat and I started thinking, okay, what can I control? What can I influence and what I cannot control? Um, And what I found out was very, very surprising. So at the beginning of the the furlough, so my company sent us home a week before the government. And I was thinking, okay, I'm going to win two hours of my day minimum because I don't have to commute. So that would have freed me more than 10 hours a a week because already, so commute plus um, the networking and social events. And I thought, okay, that time I'm going to use it for 
personal development, uh, learn new skills, uh, learn to code some new languages because, I mean, in data, things move quite fast, so I need to upgrade. <laughs> I had a list of things I wanted to do, and I realized I don't have time to do that, any of that. And I went into this anxious state of, oh my God, I have these things to do. I don't have time to do it. I can't do anything. Um, and it was making me feel really bad. Going through the exercise of the circle, I've realized that actually these things, they are things I can control. It's just I'm choosing to use my time to do something else. I'm choosing to maybe work longer hours or, or doing other stuff. And something I hadn't realized is I would have to cook more as well. Uh, so that was not part of my equation. Uh, so I need to take that in consideration in how much more free time I have. But since I've realized this thing that was my purpose of things I wanted to do during the lockdown, that I chose to use the time to do something else, the anxiety just went away from, from this perspective. And I, I found it a really powerful tool. Amazing. That's a great story. And again, the skills of, because it's one thing kind of hearing someone describe a model and a way of maybe dealing with your anxiety, but to actually then step into that and use it is the skill. So that, that's great. I'm, I'm delighted it helped you. Thank and on the loss of you. purpose, it's interesting because there's, um, you know, there's a couple of other tips and the mental health thing that you mentioned there of the purpose. So one of the first tips I would give people is create an interim purpose or an interim focus for yourself um, so that might be um, something like um, okay during this furlough period I'm going to be kind to myself and others um, I'm going to live within my new means financially um, and I'm going to do one thing I love every day so that in itself is a little purpose and everybody can create their own version of that however if you then um, set yourself goals like you did of right I'm going to learn this I'm going to learn that and then find you can't do it there is a knock-on effect for mental well health. And that came through really strongly in the surveys. If I just read you a couple of the comments that came through, um, which was, uh, where I, I fear I might not use this time as productively as I could have. You always think when you're working, whether you have enough time to do something extra to earn money on the side, but now I'm furloughed and have time plus income, I feel pressured to use this time productively and do that on the side of business or blog or fitness regime, etc. Um, another comment was pressure to make the most of the time don't want to look back afterwards and feel like I should have spent time doing other things so you know it really comes through quite strongly that there is a real balance in setting yourself it's a bit like new year's resolutions I guess yeah it's a bit like that and then we all beat ourselves up so it's trying not to beat ourselves up the other tip in terms of purpose and I'm seeing a lot of people do this is and we know from research that being helpful and useful to other people is very good for our mental well-being and um, there's lots of ways that you can um, volunteer um, to help at this time and there's a website a government website which is ncvo.org.uk um, which has lots of resources if anybody wanted to do that and felt like they needed purpose um, and the useful thing I mean in a way if I can give my example so as a leadership coach um, in the at the beginning of this again as we talked about last time a lot of my clients said sorry Janine we've just got to stop all our leadership development work coaching we've just got to look internally so my income dropped off a cliff and I was like so there's the income piece 
which I'll be fine. I'm, you know, I manage my finances very carefully. But there was for me the loss of purpose because my whole reason for being in what I do is to help leaders and help individuals within businesses. So how can I be useful during this time? So this survey is another example of my purpose as part of this time. Oh, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> Thank you, Janine. So we, we don't have much time, but I feel like you have so many more tips that, that you could give. Where could listeners access these tips? So uh, my YouTube channel. So if you Google um, Janine Woodcock, um, the channel will come up. Um, so there's already some um, video resources on there. So looking at things like um, how to set boundaries, how to motivate and focus yourself. So that would touch into the loss of routine, which is another concern that came up in the survey. Um, and I'm going to do an additional specific um, video talking about this survey and some more of the tips in that. Um, and again, that will be on my YouTube channel. And the other place, Karen, where people can find out uh, more information is to download the full report, which is available on janinewoodcock.com and you'll just get a pop-up when you get to the site and you'll be able to just click and download. Perfect. Thank you, Janine. It's been a pleasure talking to you again, Karen. I could listen to your lovely French accent all day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. If you would like to register to the community, all you need to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. It's free and easy. Please feel free to share the link with anyone you think would benefit from being part of the community. You can also follow us on social media, so LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. We would love to hear from you and have some feedback that will help us enhance the content and bring the guests you want to hear from. Have a great day.